our favorite myths to bust on today's Fed Pilot. Welcome to Fed Pilot, where we help make federal retirement benefits understandable for humans like you. Oh boy, so many myths to bust, and we can only do so many, but we're going to do our favorites today. Awesome. Do you have do you have do you have a favorite you want to start with, Cassie? <laughs> I have a whole list of favorites because realistically i just love helping employees or really their advisors understand how things pertain to them right exactly how it's going to work for a specific situation for that employee and really giving them the tools and resources they need to um to do what needs to be done to make sure that they can own their future right so i love just getting people the truth um, but there are a couple of things that it's like, eh, that's not exactly how that works. Okay, um, give us, give us, give us one, a good one, a good juicy one. Okay. A good juicy one is, uh, well, there's two, but we'll say the, when people retire, right? The, the timing of their retirement. So it's the last of the pay period, the last day of the pay period or the end of the month for first employees. Obviously, we know CSRS can do the first three days of uh, the beginning of the, yeah, of the right. month, but it's the date of which they retire. And this is so important. And it's really been coming up a lot lately where um, employees think it's good to go out on the last day of the pay period. And I understand how that could be true because they want a few hours of annual leave or sick leave being accrued on their next check. However, I don't think they realize the consequence of what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Right? Absolutely. I'm right. sure you get this a lot in your uh, workshop. I, 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 I know right? it. I, I heard that. Wait, I heard that the last day to retire, the best day to retire is at the last day of the pay period. Isn't that true? And I'm like, oh. mm, yeah, not so much. Why don't you explain why that is? Yeah. So if somebody will say a FERS employee, for example, because most everybody is within a FERS program. Okay. Right. And if you retire on the last day of the month, then your pension begins accruing on the first of the following month, which means if I'm going out February 28th, that's the last day of February for this year, then my pension begins accruing March 1st. Right. But if the end of the pay period is on March 3rd, and I decide to go out on the last day of the pay period. Again, my pension does not begin accruing till the first of the following month. So I'm waiting till April 1st when my pension begins accruing and I'm losing out on, gosh, what is that? 28 days of my pension accruing. So that's almost a full month. Right. So that's I'm giving a up month. a whole month of a pension almost. Yes. For a few extra hours on my pay period. In fact, let me, let me let me add let me let me switch that around a little bit. What sure. if they waited instead of the third, they waited to the end of the month, last day of the month? Then it's not only uh, twenty eight days of a pension, but it's twenty eight days of full pay, plus mm. still accruing annual leave and sick leave during that time. So that's even more at that point. Does that make sense? No, I guess I'm not, not really following you. So what do you mean by? Go ahead. By what? 
what do you mean by leaving at the end of the month? That's what we want them to do. No, 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 no. Yes, that's what I'm saying. And I'm sorry. Maybe I didn't explain that right. Let me let me back up. Go backwards and then we're back okay. here again. Okay. <laughs> so let's say that instead of the end of the month, they did the third, like April 3rd, like you said, right? They yeah, do yeah. April 3rd. You said they missed out on a month or let's you know, say 28 days of their pension accruing. Well, let's let's switch that and say, actually, they missed out on 28 days of being paid full salary. Mm, yeah. Right? Which is going to be I, more than a yeah. pension. And and they missed out on accruing sick leave and annual leave. So there, Sarah, I hope I explained that a little bit better. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. No, that that I understand. Sorry, I'm picking yeah. up what you put down now. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so that that you know that just makes it a little bit more. Oh, you mean a whole month of being paid? I don't get. Oh, but but you're right. The rumor is you do it the last day of the pay period. Now let me ask you. I've heard what I understand as to the reason why that people hear that and accept it. Where, where does that rumor come from, do you know? I mean, it could come from an article on somebody who thinks they know what they're talking about as far as, sure. you know, um, I mean, there's so much information out there, right? And maybe people don't understand what an employee is giving up by going out on the end of the pay period. Maybe somebody was actually looking at an article that was explaining the end of the pay period versus the end of the month, but maybe the person didn't finish the whole article or <laughs> whatever. Maybe it was That's better for point. somebody to go at the end of a pay period rather than at the end of the month. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. And then they just said, well, I'm, I'm doing this because it increases my, you know, annual leave payout or whatever it was best for them because they were financially able to go out, maybe it was a couple of days before the end of the month or something like that. You just never know a situation, yeah. right? And I have no idea where this rumor started, but that is a well, rumor that is I'll, out there. I'll, I'll tell you, I have heard that some people say, HR told me that this mm. is what I should do. I should go out on at the end of the pay period, right? And so that's one place that, I, and, and I would not I would not be surprised if it also came from blogs or, you know, from an article or something that says that as well. Like you said, I, I could absolutely see that. But if it comes from HR, when people say that, I say, okay, why do you think HR wants you to do it at the end of the pay period? And the answer is because it's really easy for them. They don't have to That's program, right. they don't have to figure things out. It's just what it is and they're done. <laughs> and uh, right. And they're and now, now again, I'm, I'm getting on HR a little bit and that's not true for all HR, but I have, that has come from HR and I have heard that directly from them. So that's just one piece. Right. Of it. And maybe they just don't understand the consequences of why of that is on the pension yeah. side, right? Because HR is only dealing with employees, the employment while you're in service, right? So maybe it's not just because it's easier for them, but maybe they simply don't understand how the pension begins and when it starts accruing and all of this. And so they think, oh yeah, it's best to go out the end of the pay period. Right. And they don't realize that they're, they're yeah. giving misinformation. I mean, that could be, I, I, it's awful to say, but HR is somewhat ignorant in certain things. And that's why it's important to get, you know, your information um, from credible sources. And I'm not saying that HR isn't a very good source of certain information. 
But when it comes to retirement, I wouldn't hang my hat on HR because they are there for employment purposes, right? Not for retirement counseling. I'm sorry. Correct. Spot on. And oh boy, boy, that could lead me to another rumor, another myth buster there. Um, okay. You know what? I'm changing my myth just from what you said, because I want to hit that. And it's something that people don't realize. Um, the benefits that federal employees receive, they're excited to keep into retirement. However, and that's the myth, right? The myth that they can keep it into retirement. Well, yes, a lot of the benefits you can keep into retirement. But the question is, should you? Because those benefits are actually made for employees. They're not made for retirees. For example, uh, your Fegley is made for employees. It's really not made for retirees. Your TSP is made for employees. It's really not made for retirees. Now, can you keep it into retirement? Can you keep both of those into retirement? Absolutely, you can. But it's not made for retirees. It's not right. made to really help them and get, get them going. It is for employees. And, and part of it's because as an employee, they have some responsibility for you. That responsibility, you know, coming back to the last episode, some responsibility for you. When it comes to retirement, they give you what they give you automatically and they really don't have any responsibility for you beyond that. They don't care. Well, you're, it's you're not gone. even that they give you what they give you. They just make it available and employees make their yes. decisions and then they just kind of roll with it and don't realize the consequences that are actually happening. I mean, right. if you, if, it is so interesting to me when I look at employee pay stubs and people don't realize that they're paying hundreds of dollars for their Fegley benefit while employed. Right, right. right? And because there's two... And because most of the time there's two separate line items for those and sometimes more um, for those deductions. And then when they add up, they think, oh, I just see my vaguely on here. Well, what about your optional coverage, which is what is actually driving your premium? Right. And so yep. it's yep. it's those little things. And so absolutely people have this misconception that, you know, oh, I've I've got the benefits. They're there. They're going to carry me through retirement. They don't understand the cost involved with those choices later on in retirement that drastically change because with Fegley, the government stops paying their part. They're not going to help you with any part of it anymore. Right. Um, and, and then, uh, go ahead. I, I was going to say not only the cost, which are spot on with, but also the restrictions, things change when you retire. The right. rules aren't Absolutely. the same, right? For example, your yes. TSP, you think, oh, I saved up all this money and now I get to use all this money. Well, I'm going to do a little spoiler thing here for our workshops, but you only have access out of your TSP to your TSP money in retirement at most 12 days in a year. The other 353 mm -hmm. days, you can't touch your money. <laughs> so, right. Right. Well, wait a minute. Wait Absolutely. A minute. So hold, yeah. hold on. I was actually getting that. <laughs> and let me just take that one step further. Right. Well, okay. I'm not going to take installment payment payments. I'm going to annuitize with the government. Well, that's all well and good, but you are giving up that control of your money to the government because then they enter into the policy with MetLife, right. not you. And so you have given up your money to the government and 
whatever you put in place is what is in place. You cannot change. Period. You cannot. There is nothing you can do with that money after that. Right. Except collect it on right. whatever choice you made for whichever annuity option was available or that you thought was was in your best interest, but may not actually be in your best interest. Right. And so right. there are so many limitations that I think people don't realize, yeah. you know, and that's just the withdraw options. Right. right. What about the investment options exactly. that are available within the TSP? Why do you want to limit yourself to to that when there are so much more that you can do with their money moving forward um, right. in, in other other vehicles? So absolutely. I think that is one of the most misunderstood. Uh, well, those are very two misunderstood um, benefits within the program that they think people are just oh yeah i'm gonna keep whatever i have in retirement they don't realize there are other serious consequences to doing yeah. that yeah it's amazing so um i was actually expecting to get to more MythBusters, but i think that's all the time we have <laughs> for that and we're gonna have to do more of these MythBusters because yes not only are they kind of fun but they're crazy educational i mean there there is mm -hmm. so much behind this to make sure that it's being done, everything is being done correctly. So as always, come to one of the Fed Pilot workshops. Okay, oh, Hold go up. for it. Not go only come to the Fed Pilot workshop, comment below on myths that you hear. Oh, great idea, yes. In your agency or from other employees that you, if you wanna know what the truth is about something upon that water cooler talk that you hear all the time with your coworkers, comment below so that way we can actually make sure that we're getting you the right information on how something works. That's great. I love it. And you know what? I think next time, next time we do this, I'm just going to get a, a phone number that someone can just text it to. Just, mm. and, oh, there you go. And just have it done real quickly too. Because maybe someone's listening to this on a podcast, right? And yeah. they can't... Uh, they, they can't just, you know, go on YouTube right now or Facebook or the other platforms we have it on as well. I can't do this. So, okay. So I'm going to do that. That's, that's my takeaway for this. I'm going to do that. Um, thanks, Cassie. This is fun. Awesome. I enjoy it. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Take care, everyone. We'll see you next time.